The scripture today is 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, also after supper, saying, This is the cup of... Uh, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I've been part of a conversation. Actually, I was kind of listening in on a conversation recently about communion. And uh, I just want to say, this isn't directed to the people who were having that conversation, but it got me thinking. Uh, <laughs> it got me thinking about our communion and, and how we approach it. And you know, it's an interesting thing. On, so on this day, when we gather around the Lord's table, uh, there are thousands of other Christian faiths that are doing the same thing. They are gathering around the Lord's table. And everyone who call themselves followers of Christ, whether from Coptic to Catholic, from uh, Pentecostal to Orthodox, from United Church of Christ to Baptist to Evangelicals to Unitarian Christians, uh, we are all have this ceremony in common. We all do communion. Some faiths do communion every week, and in fact it is kind of the the pinnacle of their worship experience is to celebrate the Lord's table. Some do it once a month like like we do. That's what we do here in the Baptist faith. Some, like Presbyterians, they do it maybe three, four times a year and and do it then. And they all do it. Yet it is a a ceremony that we all hold in common. We all do it. And yet there are there are quite a few differences in in the way we approach uh communion uh it's even called different things uh the lord's table is called uh is first called in earliest records eucharist which literally means thanksgiving right and uh it was a celebration of thanksgiving in the early church uh, used to gather in homes, and it was a giant meal. In fact, Paul, uh, just before the text today, uh, in his letter to the church at Corinth, was scolding them because uh, the rich people who didn't really have to work, they would show up early and start eating and drinking, and it was a big party on, on Sunday afternoons. And by the time the people who were working got there, there wasn't any food. All the rich people were drunk, and it was, uh, you know, it was a big mess. Uh, and so Paul is kind of scolding them and reminding them that this is not that kind of meal, Right? Uh, that it should be one that is uh, that enforces the equity that people have in the kingdom of God and before God, and, and people should wait <laughs> before before engaging in all of that. And so he's kind of scolding them in that. And when Jesus gathered with uh, his twelve disciples in the upper room, and it's probably more than that were there because they were celebrating the Passover meal which is one of the few ceremonies where men and women and the whole family are doing it together. 
and uh, it was the it was the Passover of the Lord, uh, commemorating when uh, the Hebrew people were led out of Egypt and and delivered from slavery. And Jesus reinterprets that on the symbolism of that. And he takes the the bread and says, this is my body. He takes the cup and says, this is my blood. And and reacquires that symbolism uh, to mean more than just Passover, something different than Passover now. We celebrate what we call, I mean, we often call it communion, which is a, a coming together. It's meant to be done in the community together. And it represents a communing with God and a communing with each other. It's really, it's really where everything kind of comes together. All that we are as the church, uh, our, our, our spiritual connection to God and our spiritual connection to each other comes together as we celebrate this meal, uh, symbolic meal together around the table. And so there's a lot going on in the celebration of communion. Um, uh, and I, to be, there's some technical theological things. Uh, some churches celebrate and, and understand communion at, or the Eucharist or the Lord's table uh, to uh, become what's called transubstantiation. Catholic and Orthodox churches uh, believe that once the elements are blessed by a priest, that when they are partaken of, when they are taken, they become the literal body and blood of Christ, which is ingested and grace is trans. That's why it's called a sacrament. Sacrament is something that transmits grace uh, from something else to you. And uh, those faiths f- believe that the elements transmit God's grace to us as we partake of them. Other uh, Protestant churches, most Protestant churches, have what's called consubstantiation, which uh, basically means that uh, as as they ingest, as we ingest the elements, the Holy Spirit is kind of coming underneath those things. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how that works uh, <laughs> technically, but that's that's what consubstantiation means. It means that kind of on the heels of the bread and the cup comes the Holy Spirit that blesses you. And so it is. Again, it's treated as a sacrament. It's treated as something that brings grace uh, with it and imbue, is imbued with God's grace and is ingested into our, into our spirit as well. Uh, the later reformers, of which Baptists are a part of it, uh, kind of rejected these ideas and, and, in fact, rejected the idea of, of any sacraments at all. Uh, we as Baptists don't have sacraments. Uh, we don't have anything that is said to convey God's grace, except the infilling of God's Holy Spirit in each individual. And everything else is kind of symbolic of that. And so we have symbolic ordinances as opposed to sacraments. And these symbol we have two, baptism, uh, believer's baptism, uh, which we do once in a while when someone comes uh, into the faith of their own. And then we have the table, the Lord's Supper and the symbolism of the cup and the bread. Uh, as Baptists, we don't believe that there is anything um, mystical or empowered about the bread. That's why we can use grape juice instead of wine 
although I almost slipped it in today. I was thinking about it. But, <laughs> but we, went, we went with the grape juice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's strictly symbolic. And yet, I don't want to give the impression that it's, it's not an important or powerful moment in the life of the church. Uh, most, I, and I didn't check, but I, I'm not sure, but a lot of, does it say? It does. So <laughs> most Protestant churches like ours on their communion table, um, the, and, and this is not an altar, it's a communion table. It's, the, it's, the Lord's, it's meant for the Lord's Supper, and it says, do this in remembrance of me. Of course, we cover it up. I don't know why we do that. But <laughs> with this beautiful cloth. Uh, but it says, do this. In remembrance of me. And at the heart of what we do as we gather around this table is we remember all that Jesus is and has been and will be. And, and I, what, I mean that personally. Right? I mean that personally that is with you yourself. For example, I was, I was telling someone this the other day that, that I have no trouble calling Jesus Savior and at, which has absolutely nothing to do with where I go when I die, right? For me, Jesus is a personal Savior because I think I, I don't know where I would be today, but I would not be here. I would not be the person I am if not for coming into a relationship with Christ. And, and that has shaped my life. That has made me what I am, that who I am. I don't know who I am without that. Uh, and Jesus literally saved me. And maybe that's, you know, for some of us, it is this, we hold on and we hold dear that, that sense of salvation that is that there is something more beyond this life. For some of us, it is, it is just the hope of, uh, of God's grace in our lives, that, that we can have this kind of relationship with God and that there is uh, a stream of love that comes to us and there is that, that God who will love us no matter what we do, no matter who we are, no matter how many times we mess up, that there is something, there is someone there that just lavishes so much love on us. Whatever your, your thing is, whatever that relationship is with Christ, this is the moment for you to stop and to reflect on it and say, I'm, rem- I'm remembering all that Jesus is to me. I'm remembering that moment of baptism when I walked into the waters and God was so real that I was willing to get all wet in front of everybody. (laughs) I'm remembering the journey I have taken since then. I'm remembering the faith of my childhood and some of the not-so-good things and how I've reclaimed my faith from those hurt, that hurtful and abusive childhood faith to an adult faith that I have claimed on my own that is loving, that is nurturing, that is life-affirming. Right? Whatever that is, this is your moment to really experience it, to really love it, and to really dwell on it. But it's not just, it's not just that personal experience. It is also the communal experience that we have together. That's why we call it communion. It is our being together and partaking of the, the same bread, the same cup, the same body, the same blood. We are a part of each other in this way. Taking 
Jesus symbolically into ourselves, each of us. And there's something mystical and magical about how that ties us together. And we are remembering that Jesus died not just for you and me, but for everybody. I'm remembering that when Jesus gathered together with his 12 disciples, there were 12. Not just Peter, not just John, whom Jesus loved, not just the good ones, but Judas was there too taking of the bread, taking of the cup. And it it makes me think that Jesus did this for everybody, even those who had betrayed him, even those who turned against him, even those who who seem beyond God's grace. They gathered around that table. And there is nothing... For I am convinced, I'm going to try and do Romans 8 here. For I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor demons, nor angels, nor anything in this world can separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ. I messed it up, but you got the idea. (laughs) There's nothing that can separate us from that. And this table is indeed a symbol of that. And something that can help us remember that. Each month, I... I love and look forward to communion, to that time when I can remember and reflect, to that time when I can invite God to look inside of me and draw me close and shape me and push me back on track, line me back up, help me get back to where I need to be. And I cherish it because we're here together doing it together. Amen. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we experience today all that this table can represent. The mystery and the power of your grace. The personal relationship that we can experience the joy of knowing that you forgive us for everything we do wrong, that you love us better than we love ourselves, and just the, the reality that we are a part of something much bigger than ourselves, bound together by your love. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.